Well, thank you. Thank you so much for... <laughs> Welcome to Hey Arnold Hey. Welcome. It's uh, me, Corey. Corey Vaughn with... Adam Samaha. We, uh, we've been gone for a little bit. We took a week off, which means that it's been like two weeks since you've heard us. Heard our beautiful yep. buttery voices. Um, and I'll tell you why. Because Adam was sick. I was sick. Poor little sicky Adam. I didn't eat an apple a day, which I'm thinking about because you have an apple. <laughs> yeah, I have an apple. In here. case your blood if sugar you, goes down during recording. Yeah, <laughs> if you hear a, a snappy bite, yep, that's me eating an apple. Really that was my impression apple. of eating an apple. That was good. Um, welcome to Hey Arnold Hey, a show where we talk about Hey Arnold, uh, every episode of Hey Arnold, one episode at a time. Uh, today we're talking about a bench warmer and cool jerk. Uh, you can find it on Hulu Plus. Um, I've seen a lot of the episodes on, on YouTube, um, maybe Amazon prime. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And we, we do have a website, uh, Hey Arnold, Hey.com. You can email us at hey.hayarnoldhay at gmail.com. Uh, my dad, my dad emailed us on that email and he was like, he texted me. He said, uh, he said, Oh, Corey, did you get my email? And I'm like, no dad, I didn't. Uh, maybe you sent it to a different email address. And he's like, no, no, no. On Hey Arnold. I was like, oh, no, I don't look at that enough, apparently. Sorry. But send us some emails because so far that's the only, the email, only email we've, we've received. <laughs> yeah. And he basically just like told told us stories. He basically wrote out stories that um, I already knew, uh, which is cool. And he, look, he, my dad loves. That's what phone calls are for, dad. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, the, the nicest thing he said in the whole email was at the very end. He says, um, he said, it's, it's crazy that at cartoon my kids watched 20 years ago is still can still like have an effect on on a parent like that because he's he's really enjoying listening to it because he he watched it with my, my mom and dad watched um the show with my sister and I so you know I guess something stuck and that's cool um yeah please uh really quick though rate rate and review for us would be great um we've got a couple they're interesting they're fun to read and they help yeah I don't know who all of them are which is nice hopefully they're mystery people that I'll never meet. I, I, we'd love to have people we don't know listening to this. Maybe it's the one person just like that my mom. listens in Chile or Ooh, yeah, there Cambodia. Are people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a big following in Cambodia. Um, before before we jump in, something my this is something my dad asked or told me separately, not in the email. He was just like regular text based interaction. Um, he said, uh, "Really like it, but you and Adam need to disagree more." <laughs> And I was like, no, we, I mean, we just, I mean, and I think, I think my like view of this is that, uh, that Adam, you are like more like politically, economically, socially conscious in your conversation. And I'm more like literary and spiritual and philosophical and artsy. And so like, there's no philosophy behind social problems or politics. None, none at all. <laughs> what I, I guess what I mean is like, no, I understand what you're yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. We just disagreed. Are you happy dad? It, <laughs> You know what? Shut up. I disagree. Um, We're not doing the show by hand. We're going to do about a Doug. We're changing the whole no, direction. No, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I think I think we disagree in not in like 
I think we disagreed, but not. It doesn't have to be like aggressive disagreement. We really we work together and we chat about things all the time. We disagree a lot, but we do it in a way where it allows us to learn and grow from one another, which I think is mm. the appropriate way to yes. disagree. Yeah, saying I don't know everything. Please tell me yeah. what you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why you have. And that's what and that's what Harold Hay is all about. You know, exactly. learning, growing, um, rating and reviewing, <laughs> rating and reviewing. Uh, okay, so I think. Yeah, d- uh, d- website, uh, rate, review. I think that's it. Oh, yeah. Emily Okada, she did the design work, and it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Look her up uh, at emilyokada.com, I think. Maybe just Google Emily Okada, and you'll find and you'll her get design there. work. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, works. Cool. So, first episode was Bench Warmer, which is basically a story of my entire uh, sports career in elementary school. <laughs> um, you had like a fascist dictator that was no, leading no. all your sports teams. <laughs> The name bench warmer says it all. I warmed a lot of benches. Uh, oh, the yeah, it's I got a lot to say about that. But look, I guess let's really quick. I'm gonna we're gonna give like a um, quick summary of the episode and then jump into it. Uh, so Gerald and Arnold are on a basketball team and they're kind of stoked about it. They say, "Oh, I can't wait to play. Hope we get to play a lot of hours or not a lot of hours, like a lot of minutes." And Arnold says, "Oh, it's a community. It's a community <laughs> sports team. Of course, everyone gets to play. Everyone gets a star." And then like right away, you find out that the coach's son is on the team and the coach just says a, th- a million times, "Pass the ball to Tucker." That's like that's like the That's the one mission. That's the mission of the team is to um, get the ball to Tucker so he can score. And there's a there's a line, yeah, you know, I'll just run through we can get back to the funny lines um so they do like a montage of them passing the ball to tucker in practice and then passing the ball to tucker in the game and uh then there's a part where arnold doesn't pass the ball to tucker Mm -hmm. and the coach says get to the bench yeah you're penalized (laughs) yeah penalized for the rest of your time on this team uh and then it cuts to another game where uh tucker um gets fouled and he like through the pressure of his father basically misses a free throw um, and is humiliated by his father in front of the whole team. And then he sees Arnold Tucker, the kid sees Arnold shooting hoops just by himself at the free throw line. And like at like the park after, after uh, no, game. just at the, at the gym. After oh the game. Yeah, 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 for sure. And he's, he's uh yeah, there disagreement. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> Sounds like we got some daddy issues around. <laughs> Dad, you happy no now, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> no offense, Mr. Vaughn. I'm sure you're great. He's great. Um, so he sees uh, Arnold shooting hoops, and uh, he's like swishing every shot. Nothing but net. Nothing but net. And he's like doing this weird granny shot. And Tucker's like, man, I wish I could shoot like that. And Arnold says, well, I could teach you. And so he teaches Tucker how to do it. And then... Tucker and the way he teaches it is like this Swami kind of like yoga master, Zen master, basketball shooting. And uh, it, he passes it on to Tucker. And then the next game, Tucker is nothing but net himself for every free throw. And um, then the coach, is, his father says, oh, Tucker, you've really gotten better. Did you do this all on your own? Like, did you practice all on your own? And Tucker says, yeah, man, all by myself. Mm-hmm. And then Arnold no looks at the jack. Yeah, no credit. He's given it all. And then after that, Tucker loses his mojo and realizes, you know, is missing every shot and realizes um, unspokenly that um, he kind of, he, he threw Arnold, by, by not like saying that Arnold helped him out, he kind of threw him under the bus. And he 
tells his dad, oh, I can't, I can't play anymore. You should have Arnold play. And then Arnold ends up winning the game for the team. Or, you know, or, but he doesn't win the game. He does it with everybody else. It's like a team effort. It's a bit um, of a mutiny, too, because he goes against the wishes of his the, of, uh, the coach. Dad. Yeah. yeah. Coach. Um, yeah. And then Tucker, basically Tucker and his dad both learn the meaning of teamwork and the meaning of like relying on others instead of just themselves. Um, I mean, it's a, fu- it's a funny episode too. So it's, it's got a little bit of heart, a little bit of laughter, mm-hmm. a little bit of yoga teaching. It's mm-hmm. great. So that's, that's the episode in a nutshell. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you think, man? It was, it was probably my favorite episode we've seen so far. And I think we talked about this off mic, but it, I think mm. comedically it was the most on point in my mind for myself, at least right, I really liked right. it. the voice, um, of Tucker, of the coach is phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's Jim Belushi. It's, um, yeah, it's so good. From like, according to Jim and the editing and everything in those moments too. Like when he's, they're all passing to Tucker. It's just, the whole thing is really good. It's yeah. super, super funny. Pass to Tucker. Pass. Great job. Yeah. Now pass to Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're doing, like you're doing a great job passing to Tucker. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, it's super funny. And I think at the beginning, the the way that the coach is talking is really funny and it's like sort of militaristic. Mm. It's like, he's like getting the troops together and yeah, he's like yeah, rallying yeah. them all. So there's that sort of that element to it, which I think is inherent in sports. Most right, times, right. Um, sports games, sports games. And there, <laughs> and there is the attention and it's sort of dictatorial in a sense. Right. Right. And, but, and then in true fashion, it like, is that, sort of supreme power ends up going to his son, which is like, there's that familial mm, connection. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so all the passing goes to Tucker. Everything is supposed to go through Tucker. And the, the father who is also the coach thinks that he didn't get the um, recognition he deserved yeah. last season. Yeah. And he said he would have uh, been the lead MVP if it wasn't for voting, which I thought was hilarious, which shows like his total disregard for any sort of democratic process. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that someone could possibly be better than his <laughs> son. Yeah, or, oh yeah. yeah, or yeah. Possibly be like... better than his son, which I think you put both those together and you see that throughout the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Where yeah. there's no, the, the boys, uh, um, Arnold and Gerald and all the kids, they've been practicing in the schoolyard, different plays. And ultimately that ends up what wins them the game. Right. And so the, the coach doesn't ask them like, what do you guys think about anything along the way? It's yeah, just yeah. get the ball to Tucker and everything will be okay. Right. Right. And yeah, even to the point where, when uh, it would have been detrimental if Arnold would have passed it to tuck the ball to Tucker, cause he was not open. He was being too heavily guarded, right, right. which would have given the ball to the opposing team. Uh, and, and Arnold passes it to Gerald, I think, or somebody yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. Um, he gets penalized for that because, the strict orders were you it, pass to Tucker no matter what, even if it's at your downfall, which I think is funny. And you can see that sort of uh, thinking all over that. Like we've trained for this moment and there's no there's, plan B. Yeah, we're not going to do anything else yeah. other than this. Right, which can be right. fine from time to time and during their game that happens that way. Yeah, Tucker scores a lot of baskets and does very, very well, but then can't do very, very well every time. And it, and yeah, no plan B. it definitely reads a little Kobe Bryant. I know this came out yeah. before Kobe was a big deal, but Kobe was known as a ball hog. Yeah, he was great, but man, he just wanted to shoot. I want to go back really quick. You said penalized. Is that the way to say it? Because I hear penalized and penalized and tomato, tomato. Mm. Let's throw the whole thing out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm not sure. <clears throat> okay. Well, anyway, back to <laughs> Hey Arnold, I guess. Uh, I've been penalized into going back to Harold, I guess. Um, I, I hate, man, I hate youth team sports so much. And, and I know 
I'm like alone in that. I'm sure that every parent's like, oh, it teaches great. But does, but this episode proves that it sort of does. It doesn't always promote no, team, team building this and is, sort of working together. It's the opposite most times. Like I mentioned that this is my life because I, I warmed the bench every, when I played baseball as a kid, I, it, so that line where Arnold's like, oh, it's community sports. Like everyone yeah, has yeah. to play. That is only technically true. There's a minimum that you're required to play in mm-hmm. baseball. For however many players are on the team, every player has to play a minimum of six innings out of nine. Mm-hmm. I always played six innings. Mm-hmm. That means three innings. I was <laughs> always on the bench. And I had just like terrible, okay, terrible coaches, just so then everyone knows how terrible. This is, I want to name where it is. La Mirada, Ooh, This is <laughs> Calling them out. Call, calling it out. La Mirada's, um Pony League or whatever they called it. I don't know what Broncos League. All, 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 they basically, <laughs> they named these leagues after horses, I guess. Um they had Pony and then Bronco and then Mustang, I think. I don't know. Maybe I could be totally botching the order. Uh, I was on the Astros, and there was a year where we were like a really good team, and we were sim- similar situation where uh, we were up for the playoffs, and uh, I was up to bat next, and the coach was like, oh, damn, this guy's going to strike out. Because guess what, guys? I always struck out because <laughs> nobody trained me how to play baseball. <laughs> rant, s- side rant of the side rant. Uh is it Malcolm Gladwell who talks about kids who are born in July versus kids born in August or something like that? How like basically Sounds very Gladwell. Yeah, yeah. Basically, the like if you look at the ages of kids, ages of people who play sports, oh, um, yeah. they all are in like the same three or four months because they got bigger before the other kids. Yeah. So like I was always the youngest kid, mm-hmm. and so of course when I'm shrimp. like seven, I'm like the shrimpy kid yeah. who, who can't like throw a ball fast. This is really <laughs> this is therapy with Corey. This is why <laughs> this is just about me like. My like bitterness against against youth team sports, but uh, so this game I was up to bat and I had no like no no baseball ability at all other than like knowing what a ball was right mm-hmm. and what a bat was and I'm up to bat and the coach tells me step into the plate like as in take 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 a bat a baseball into the back so then I can go to first base without having oh, to make dang. a swing. Like I was nine years old. He, yeah. No, he asked me to be a martyr. Yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? That ball's going at least 30 miles an hour. That's a... That's <laughs> or the, Pony League, maybe the, like yeah, five yeah, miles yeah. That nine-year-old has quite the arm, right? I didn't want... No, he's actually lying. Gonna... He's talking about T-ball. Oh, yeah. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> the ball never moved off of the... No, no, no. He definitely... These, these are definitely pitchers. But he asked... He asked me... That's crazy. That's crazy yeah. for adults... That's prudent. Adults coaching kids in youth leagues it's an insane thing they're the they ones have... who need the therapy you talked about therapy for yourself they're oh. those are always the weirdest worst parents yeah they are like who and, and it's all and like my dad was the assistant coach i remember that year and he probably was like in the back like what is he telling my, my son to do right <laughs> and that was that was actually the game after that game i told my parents i don't want to play baseball anymore because i was humiliated in yeah. front of in front of all these like other kids and i struck out i'm not going to step into that ball Anyway, there's a, there's a flip side to this though. I loved being on the bench. The benches were all the fun shit happened. You could like talk crap. You could like, eat, mess eat around. sunflower seeds yeah, and bubble gum. Yeah, yeah I yeah. played basketball growing up, and I loved being on the bench. I laughed, had fun, had conversations. There's good camaraderie with all the bench. That's true. Folks. <laughs> I remember talking about. I remember my first conversation about. Hey, did you see this movie? I saw um, Muppet Treasure Island, and I talked about the movie on the for an, on the bench for yeah, an entire. The best stuff goes yeah, on on the bench. It's good stuff. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So all I have to say is I like team watch- sports overrated. Yeah. Overrated. And that's it. Other hobbies. Just kidding. That are maybe more solitary. 
underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Like just shooting hoops by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Learning an instrument. There's a lot of things you can do. Drawing. Right. Right. I think that's what this episode's about. (laughs) (laughs) Promoting solitary Um, uh, hobbies. I think this episode is... It is about team sports, but it's less about the sporty part of team sports and more about what it means to rely on other people. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and sure. in the like larger in the larger scheme of things, it's about like the, you know he uh, the coach makes the joke. There's no I in team. Now go pass the ball to Tucker, and that's like that's so on the nose what this episode's about, which is there is no I in team. Stop like stop making the like superstar the the one who owns who owns the team. Basically, mm-hmm. let's. Pass it around, help everybody grow, help everybody take part. It's very, um, uh, like I guess, democratic in a way too. Like, yeah. like if you're doing well and if you're open, like, yeah, get the ball. But it's that's like the that the no I in team is a a very general way of talking about a specific thing, which is like when you rely on yourself only and not on the people around you that have like supported you, then you're gonna fail. Which yeah. is what happens to Tucker. He he opens himself up, learns from. He's like willing to humble himself and say, "Yeah, Arnold, can you teach me? You know what you're doing." Mm-hmm. And he learns, and that's great. And th- and it's cool that he was able to open himself up to that. But then when his dad says, "Did you do this all on your own?" Instead of admitting to like being part of a thing bigger than himself, he's like, "No, man, all by myself." Mm-hmm. And then he fails, and that's that's because I think he wants to, he obviously wants to please his father he totally, and his yeah. father has that individualistic mindset so he's playing into that yeah, but then yeah. he does feel bad and gives uh Arnold like what he deserves sort of like the, the credit he deserves by letting everybody sort of see right, his right. talent as opposed to even just giving him verbal credit yeah yeah when well, he yeah he ends up you're right it's it's not like he was he he opened himself up to Arnold to teach him and then he like threw him under the bus and then he saw the error in his ways and, and, and then opened himself right up the again. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, which is pretty interesting is the moment where, um, Arnold is teaching, uh, Tucker how to shoot free throws. They go through. Yeah. Like you said, this sort of like Zen training thing, yeah. which is very reminiscent of his grandmother. Yeah. The and, mugged episode where yeah, he's learning karate or definitely. whatever. And you realize, uh, I think the more you watch these episodes that whenever Arnold has like a physical thing he has to learn, it seems like his his grandmother steps mm-hmm. into place and, yeah, and yeah. teaches him. And even then, you said it earlier, like the the granny shot is the way he that he shoots his free throws. Yeah, and it's mm, almost like granny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you. It's almost like you. It's not said explicitly, but that his grandmother probably taught him how to play basketball. Sure, sure. And it worked for him, and it stuck with him. And his whole Zen approach to learning how to shoot free throws, like you have to know how many um, bumps are bumps on the ball on the basketball. There's nine thousand something or whatever. And it's just the whole thing is very reminiscent of his grandmother Mm. and um that's sort of interesting because you see it's like the thing about how children are always listening kind of right and they're like kind of like sponges and it allowed but it even goes beyond that where he was able to take that lesson he learned probably from his grandmother and then it benefited another kid down the line Mm. as well yeah yeah it really it really felt like the way he was shooting that ball with the mute you know wow the mu- yeah. like music the bendy uh, warbly yeah. yeah that's felt like him and his grandma sitting in that um that empty room with the sand it, it yeah it was yeah. very very similar to that and i think even if it's not explicit it's it is a nice reference to what what you know what he what he had been through before with learning yeah that like you you like those influences you carry them with you right it, right yeah it yeah even if make you who you are even if he didn't learn it from his grandmother he definitely um 
like he thinks in a very similar way and yeah. you, and you can see that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a pretty funny episode. Yeah. Um, it's really funny. It reminds me of, it reminds me of Hoosiers a little bit, which is like, a super, <laughs> like one of my favorite, but I don't like sports movies very much, but Hoosiers is a great movie. Um, and it's about like a, a guy who is very Zen about basketball, a kid, but like kind of doesn't want to play, but then like gets talked into playing. It's not really, I guess the plot doesn't like it at all. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> it was just basketball. Involved. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. The, it's basketball. Yeah. Thread. It's basically like, uh, uh, is it called love and basketball? Is there a movie no called idea. that? I don't know. Okay. It's you lost me at the sports movie thing. <laughs> it's usually the ho- hoop dreams. It's, yeah. it's like hoop dreams. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's a, it's a really, it's a good episode. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. And it's well written. Um, you must know the ball intimately. Yeah. So I, I think cool jerk. Yeah, we could jump to jump to cool jerk. I mean, yeah. oh, well, one thing really quick is grandpa's grandpa's story um, had no. <laughs> it was like, don't quit. Let me tell you a story about why not to quit. Except the story had nothing to do with like it really didn't convince Arnold of anything, and yet he still said, "You know what, Grandpa? You make a lot of sense." Well, I think it had the that, that's funny. I think that actually that conversation had the opposite effect, uh, opposite impact of its intended purpose, which was the grandfather was saying like. If you're told to do something, just do it and do it really, really well. Because yeah. Because the grandfather wanted to be like a um, positive. Like, no, like an acro- not an acrobat. What did he want to oh, be? Oh, trapeze artist. A trapeze artist, but he never got to. We just had to clean up the droppings of all the elephants. But then he makes a comment about like, those were the cleanest uh, <laughs> you know, cages of, for the last nine months that I was there or whatever. And I think the intended purpose of that was to say like, if you're told to do something, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just, that's just the way that it is, but yeah. do it very, very well. But then Arnold leaves and decides basically to like, you know, have a mutiny and yeah. sort yeah, of yeah. go completely against the coach and do something that he yeah. thought him and his fellow teammates would be more uh, suited for yeah. and be prepared for. And it works. Yeah. Cool moment is him, him doing the timeout and saying, let's, let's do the, let's do the play we worked on in the playground. Yeah. So innocent. So, uh. Yeah, and it works. They saved. It the worked. Day. They, they saved the day. The day was not going to be saved. <laughs> yeah, let's do a let's do cool jerk, which is um, about uh, Arnold meeting this cool guy. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah, do you take, it yeah, take, take it away. Take it away, Adam. So, um, and cool jerk. It basically all the kids are getting ready to go to school, and they're out in front of the yard. Actually, they're playing in the yard, and. They're playing, playing but basically murder. butts up. Yeah, it, it reminded me of butts up, but it's uh, uh I forget what you called it called. like n- Not nuclear ball. ball, nuclear ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's basically where the kid stands up against the wall, and then another kid throws the ball as hard as he can at the kid to try to get him out. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like butts up, and which we weren't allowed to call. It, we, were, we had to call it bullseye at my school because <laughs> we weren't allowed to say butt. Yeah, because what happens if you say butt? It's all downhill from there. Uh, yeah, I mean slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you're saying things like idiot and stupid. But okay, so. Yeah, they're playing this game, and let's uh, keep talking about butts up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the bat, the bully kid? Uh, Harold. Harold. I almost called him Gerald, but that's not obviously his name. It, I mean, Harold. it rhymes with Gerald, so it makes sense <laughs> that you'd get confused. So Harold, he um, thinks that he's the best of this game, and Helga kind of was like, "No, you're not. You you actually suck at this game." So he throws the ball, and Arnold dodges it. The ball bounces off the wall and hits himself in the face. And then he freaks out and tries to pummel Arnold. And at that very moment, this like cool dude rolls up on his motorcycle and he gets off and he's like, Hey buddy, like why are you messing with that kid? And he saves Arnold from getting pummeled essentially. And then, uh, threatens, uh, Harold. And then, um, 
you know, Arnold is like, this is the coolest guy I've ever met. And he's got this motorcycle with uh, flames uh, on the side of it. And he has yeah, this yeah. sort of like Fonzie-esque hair. Yeah. And he kind of talks, kind of talks like him too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's got a bit of a greaser thing going on. But you realize, well, th- we'll go into that later. But his clothes are really holy and screwed up. Yeah. So he looks kind of like a tramp almost. And Like a cool tramp, though. Like a cool tramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then they become friends and... Yeah, he like rides off on the motorcycle with this guy. His name's yeah. Frankie G. Frankie All the kids G. are like, Frankie G. It's yeah. Frank. So he's like known jealous. in the community. Yeah, the, with the kids at least. <clears throat> and the, the kids are super jealous that Arnold gets to spend time with him. So they do some kind of like buddy things. Like they go get pancakes. They go to the arcade. They do all of these sort of things. And um, Arnold is just so taken away with this guy. He ends up getting a leather jacket to match his. He like slicks, slicks his hair back, <laughs> which looks really stupid. And um, <laughs> it appears, though, that the, the this kid, G, what is his name? Frankie G. Frankie G. He um, like truly cares for and likes Arnold. Yeah. But you realize there's something deeper there where... They, him and his like rotten friends want to break into a stereo store. Right, right. And the, the shape of the window that they need to crawl through <laughs> is the perfect shape of Arnold's head. And that's why they need him specifically. Yeah. And this all, this all sort of uh, comes to light. And um, Gerald ends up saving the day because Gerald the whole time was telling him like, this guy is bad news. Yeah. yeah but yeah. A, like a good friend, Gerald saves him at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's... There's a lot of things that you can pull out of it. And one of them is that Arnold is so taken away with this guy because he doesn't have like a male figure in his life mm. that he relates to as being cool or relatable. Right. Because right. his grandfather is not cool and not really relatable. Well, he's old. He's like 70 he's, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like this guy's a mix between the missing father figure and like a missing older brother figure. Right. And if you put them together, it would be like um, Frankie G. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 So, but he's like just cooler than all, all yeah. those people would be. Yeah. 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 I feel like this is one of the earlier memories I have of watching a show where that cool greaser thing is shown as like kind of negative. Like, yeah, I, I think, I think that the stereotype of being cool, like if I, if I was to like wa- uh, walk in and joke about being cool, I'd be like, Hey, let me take my leather jacket and like yeah. throw it on this hook and then like put my, throw my keys in the corner. Like that's a, that's a, the cool vibe. I mean, it's a stereotype, but this is the first time I remember like seeing that as a kid being like, Oh, being cool. Doesn't mean you're well, a good guy. It's almost like the, like rebel without a cause, like right. James Dean thing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the whole point of that movie is showing that there's like this sort of seedy underbelly or sort right. of discontent that these youth, this youth has. Hmm. And, um, what a, there's a, there's a name that they used to call juvenile, juvenile delinquents. That's what oh. they were called back then. And, um, yeah, so that sort of it paints it more on the negative thing. It's uh-huh. not like the cool, like, ooh, I'm going to go hit the jukebox, you know, yeah, get yeah, it started. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not cool like that. It's kind of like... Give me a soda pop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're, these kids rob and steal. They're sort of morally questionable. Right, right. Uh, they're ethically ambiguous. So it's it's not... Uh, it, it's like disenfranchised white youth, essentially, mm-hmm. is what that character is. But... Um, and this, yeah, but it's funny because it is, I think, especially we look at back at those types of people in sort of this nostalgic mm. way. And, but at the time, I think a lot of people considered them to be problematic. Right, right. Because they were troublemakers. Yeah, yeah. And this show kind of takes that angle more as than yeah. the like, yeah, like I'm going to go dance the girl in a poodle skirt. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, like, what does it mean to be the bad boy, right? Like, yeah. ooh, he's the, yeah, that's the bad boy of the, of the, of the town or whatever. The, the, you're seeing why he's called that, right? Because yeah. he, is stealing from this stealing. like high fives. Yeah. He lives like mm. in a really, really run down apartment. Mm. Yeah. 
But there's, and I, I, we mentioned, I was talking about this before with Corey, that there is like parallels in my mind to him and Arnold in a few scenes mm. where he, when he walks into his apartment building, his apartment building is like pretty run down. There's a bunch of strangers sort of living in this confined space, which is what an apartment building is. Um, but then when he enters his room, the room is like cool. He has a really good like stereo system. He has a bunch of good jazz records, which is what Arnold also loves. So there's like similarities there. And it's almost in my mind, seems like something like, if Arnold went down a certain path, he could, he could that, yeah. almost end up like <clears throat> Frankie G. Frankie G. Um, and I guess that's, it can happen to any kid. And but, some are more susceptible to it than others, which is those maybe who don't have a father figure. Right, right. And are lacking that sort of role yeah. model in their life. And when you mentioned it before with me, I was like, yeah, that's, that makes sense. It's similar to his boarding house. He's, they both clearly live in poverty. Yeah. But what, just now when you said that they both, you're right, they both have like great taste in music and they have a cool stereo system and like basically a beautiful room in a terrible area. Yeah. Um, I, that I think that is a really good, um, I don't know if it's, if the writers meant to do that, but if, if, if they did, it's a really good mirror of, of like the younger version of Frankie G or the older version of, of Arnold. Totally. And he even has a misshapen head. Not quite like Arnold no, at all, but no. it is. But it is misshapen, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. almost every character. Yeah. <laughs> they all look like, yeah. We could walk through every character and see what they look like. Um, yeah, I think, the, I think the episode, the two things that it's talking about um, are, well, I mean, I think partially is about Arnold's, uh, kind of why Arnold is motivated to like, to like this guy and be liked by this guy. But it's also about what is friendship and what is cool. Um, I, I think just really quick about kind of Arnold's backstory uh, and you mentioned, you know, him not having a f- father or brother. Um, the the crux of the episode is there's a there's a dialogue between Arnold and Gerald, and Gerald's like, "Hey, man, that guy's not your friend." And that, Gerald isn't saying this explicitly, but by saying he's not your friend, what he's really saying is, "I'm your friend. Why don't you trust me?" Like I'm telling you that this guy's bad news. Why? Like why wouldn't you trust me on that? And um, that's like a really cool unspoken moment between. Arnold and Gerald, but then Arnold's response is so telling of his motivations and Gerald, it even stops Gerald. It like Gerald goes from angry to like sad and understanding. And that's, it's subtle. It's, it's very quick in the animation, but it's there. The music kind of adds to it too. Like the jazz slows down a little bit and Arnold says, you like, you have an older brother. And then first Arnold says, I never had an older brother, but then he changes the language and says, um, I finally have an older, like an adult guy who is showing interest in me and just, like thinks that I'm like valuable and worth it. I don't remember exactly even, what even he says. Even though I'm just a kid. Yeah, even said, though I'm just a kid. Yeah, right. like he's of less value to some degree. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't remember specifically what he said, but it was something along those lines. And so he, it like, he's kind of trying to relate to Gerald in a brother way, but it feels even more important than that. Like it's, it's not just that he wants an older brother, it's that he wants someone who someone older and more mature who can say, I think you're worth it. And I want to step into your life. And Gerald recognizes that he does. And Gerald, like Arnold is a very nuanced character as well. And he then changes his approach. He realizes like saying that this guy is no good and as rotten is not going to do anything for Arnold because he has this deeper motivation as to be friends with him. So instead he kind of just is in the periphery. Like Arnold doesn't know he's around, but he's kind of following them around to try to keep an eye on Arnold. And then because of that, like changing that way of dealing with Arnold and this guy, he ends up saving the Mm -hmm. day at the end, Mm -hmm. like pretends to be, to have like a police uh, horn horn to scare all the guys away. And then 
to sort of like get Arnold out of a sticky situation. Yeah. So instead of like talking about it and keep saying like, no, this guy's bad. He like reorients and yes. goes yeah. forward in a different path. Yeah. And I think it, like if we're thinking about the ideas of ideals of friendship and, and also the, the broader arc of Arnold's character, this really uh, jumps back to Eugene's bike and how Arnold's view of friendship is conditional and, or like not that it's conditional, but um, he's falling for the moves of a conditional friendship and, um, and, and like this cool factor too. Um, and when Arnold realizes, I think it, I think it connects when the guy says, we'll be better friends if you do this for me. And Arnold does recognize that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not what a real friend is, but it, it, that anxiety to have a friend, um, Overrode. over, overruled his, um, like his judgment basically. Mm-hmm. And I think it jumps back to the Eugene Spike episode where Arnold's like worried that he's going to lose this friend because he mm-hmm. didn't do like, he didn't meet expectations of friendship. Yeah. And Gerald, even though Arnold kind of gave him the shaft, right? He, mm-hmm. he said like, I think you're jealous. Uh, like I don't want to talk to you anymore. Gerald could have, and Gerald did it first. He's like, come on, man, that's whack. <laughs> Which yeah. is like the, the, my favorite line so far in the whole show. <laughs> come on, man, that's whack. Um, Gerald could have like been like, forget it. I'm just going to like let Arnold fail. But instead he doesn't, Gerald doesn't believe that friendship is simply um, like admitting that you're friends. There's a deeper loyalty that's there too. Uh, And it's cool to see that, that like Gerald can see past that. And it's a bummer that Arnold still is falling for it. But then when you hear his backstory about like, I don't have it like an older guy to look up to, Mm -hmm. it makes more sense that that's why he's like, why that anxiety was there for the bike episode and why it's there for this episode too. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, like you said before, also that it deals like with what is being cool. Right. Right. And I think it's obvious when you are, um, and as you get older and you're an adult, you look at situations and you see them for more for as they really are. So I remember being Mm. a kid and thinking like a certain girl's like so pretty or like a guy is really cool for a certain reason. And at the, as a kid, you see them in a way that you really, in its idealized fashion, yeah, romanticized yeah. fashion. And then as you get older, like being as being able to watch the show, you realize when they run into Frankie G that he's not cool at all. No, no, no. And he, he, he's a sad dude. He's a sad dude. And he yeah, has his clothes have holes in them. He should probably be in school, but he's ditching school. Yeah. And he's promoting Arnold to ditch school as well. The yeah. idea of that and the practice of it. So I think... You see it in more for as it is mm. and your idea of what cool is as you get older shifts a little yeah. bit or hopefully shifts a little bit. And um, there was a line in this when Arnold is in uh, Frankie G's room with all of his friends there. He's saying like, oh, all of this stuff is so cool. All these records are so great. Like all of your um, speaker systems. It's so it's like it's so awesome. How did you get something like this? And uh, Frankie G says to him. Uh, all you want, you can get. All you got to do is work hard, then plan things out and have your priorities in the right order. And Arnold's response is cool. And to some degree, that is so uncool. Mm-hmm. But Arnold thinks that it is cool because it's the right thing to do. Sure. And it resonates with Arnold as the right thing to do. And to see this cool guy say something that is cool, quote unquote, and the right thing to do yeah. resonates with Arnold. And mm. he actually appreciates it. And it's funny because... I think this gets called back to later on in the episode when Arnold gets his head stuck in the window of the speaker store. <clears throat> they show a shot of 
or I've seen the of interior the of interior it, yeah. of the speaker store. And it's showing all the stuff is on sale and there's um, financing available for the different speaker systems and stuff, which is funny because the line that he says about like anything you want, all you got to do is work hard, plan things out and have your priorities in order. That sounds like bullshit to some degree because right. things are far more complicated than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But as far as like Buying. financing, well, financing something, which is what something that that business promotes, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to work to save your money. You have to um, have your priorities straight so you can set aside money to finance and pay for this thing. And the business, if you want these speakers, will help you do that process. Yeah, yeah. So if Frankie G would have stuck to his own sort of mantra, b- yeah, bullshit mantra that he had to that he yeah. fed to Arnold to get Arnold on his side, you know, he would have been able to have the speaker. Yeah, but maybe not the one he wanted when he wanted it, you know? So I think it just shows like what is, what is perceived as cool yeah. and how those things kind of uh, like intersect with reality. Right. Right. And yeah. what is beneficial to a child and everyone really. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 oh, what does he say to Arnold? Arnold's like, like we're friends. Right. And he's like, yeah, man. And friends do things for friends that yeah. like, that's it's like a flip. It's a flip of what it means to be a friend or be, or be cool. Um, well, in their relationship in that moment, like takes that dark turn. Oh yeah. Before it seems genuine. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment, mm-hmm. it's very clear. And it, and the, it, you know, I'm sure that the voice actor who played him has done a bunch of cool guys like that, but, and it, but it's really a nuanced tonal shift. You can hear yeah. it in his voice. Like, yeah, of course we're friends. Like even just that, whatever that line was, he changed it in such a way that it kind of digs into your heart in a way you're like, Oh, there's. He's about to reveal what he really wants. Yeah. Um, and it makes you see everything that he has said before that in, in a, a different yeah, light. Absolutely. Like he said, Arnold says, like, he really likes me. He even likes my, like the shape of my head. Yeah. And you think, like, that's a weird comment to make. But then you realize, of course, he likes the shape of his head because it's perfect for getting yeah. to this weird yeah, yeah, yeah. shaped window. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty, it's it's sort of sad, but I think it's also very relatable. Mm. And I, I think I think that episode two fits in with the, the theme that isn't a lot of the episodes about how kids are ma- pretty malleable and they, they listen to what the adults say. And so of course, especially a ki- these kids in these like impoverished areas with either like no dad or they live in poverty or they like they're miss they, they're missing out on a thing when an adult reaches down to them and says, Hey, like, let me show you what to do. Of course they're going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially a kid like and, Arnold. It makes sense. And it's the perfect intersection of like the missing father figure and physical things. Mm. So Arnold is taken away with this guy because he's a cool guy and a father, like a brother father figure. But then he also has all this cool stuff that Arnold also likes. So that combination of things really got Arnold to do whatever that guy wanted, which is, I think is like a classic play probably for people that are manipulating. Yeah. Other people. Yeah. Yeah. I have a thing for you. Plus I fill that void that you need. Exactly. So if you do this thing, like you will, I will still be your friend and you will have this cool thing as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. The part where they're going to the, the montage of the two of them hanging out is mostly them doing stuff together. Um, like Arnold playing video games or eating pancakes or going to the movies, going to the movies. but the part that I think is, uh, like very telling, uh, is when they're at the mechanic and Arnold's just sitting there and he's smiling. He's so happy just to be with him. So the guy, uh, Frankie G's like, you know, haggling for some part for his motorcycle and Arnold doesn't have anything to do. He's just sitting on the bike, but he's so content just to be with this guy. And to it's like, he's saying the guy's saying this guy's worth, worth tagging along. It's, yeah. And that, and, and that's probably a thing he's never done before. 
that's like a cool older person thing to do. Yeah. Which is yeah. like, oh, I got to work on my motorcycle and I'm going to haggle yeah. this guy to bring the price down. Like, that's yeah. cool to a kid. But just to watch it and do it is enough. Yeah. But as an adult, you realize that's a bummer. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. a waste of money. And yeah. the thing you had maybe didn't work. It's not really glamorous at all yeah. for getting a replacement part for your car or motorcycle. Oh, no. It's a, it's a, sounds like a dream day. <laughs> Motorcycles scare me. I don't think I'm, I don't think I want to ride one. Yeah, I don't know. They're cool, but they're dangerous. <laughs> they're <obviously>. cool. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Don't want to die. Really? Yeah. yeah no. At least. <laughs> anyway, I think. Yeah, I think. Whereas the first episode is a little bit of Arnold, um, uh, like being the best version of himself. I think this episode is Arnold being the worst version, and it makes sense. It's it. It's cool to see more of his backstory, but it's also sad because you see more of his backstory. You see why he has this kind of friendship anxiety and this desire to be like recognized and cared for and appreciated. Yeah. He can seem very easily like a role model kid, even though he's just a cartoon. Yeah. But then you realize he's still a kid mm. and he's still learning and he has his own sort of baggage. Yeah. Issues to issues that he's going to keep dealing with as the show continues to. Yeah. It's cool. I like, I like both episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're both very good. Good to be good to be back in the saddle. Hopefully we'll be back next week. Yeah, I yeah. think we should be. Keep keep listening. Um, rate and review. Watch Hey Arnold. Um, and that's it. Thank, thanks. Is there anything else? We're No, we're okay, all good. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so for until listening. Next time. See you Thank soon. Thank you so much. <laughs>